Is it milk? Is it yogurt? No, it's kefir, and it has a surprisingly interesting history. Join us to find out all about it on this week's episode. I'm Professor Megan. I'm Professor Susan. And we're your nutrition profs. We are registered dietitians and college professors who have taught more than 10,000 students about health and nutrition. We have answered a lot of questions about nutrition over the years. Some questions we get asked every year, and some are rarely asked, but very interesting. We are here to share our answers to these common and uncommon nutrition questions with you. So bring your curiosity and let's get started. Welcome Welcome to to our class. Welcome to this week's Snackisode episode. Our food today is kefir, spelled K-E-F-I-R. And until researching this episode, I thought it was pronounced kefir. (laughs) Me too. I've always said kefir. (laughs) Kefir has been described as yogurt's tangier, fizzier cousin. It's made from the mixture of some type of milk and live cultures called kefir grains. Usually they use cow or goat milk, but water buffalo and camel have also been used. The grains are small, gelatinous, irregularly shaped clumps of bacteria and yeast that also contain lipids, proteins, and sugar. They're usually off-white in color and look a little bit like cauliflower florets. These grains are added to milk and allowed to ferment, typically for a day or two, creating a beverage that is tart, somewhat acidic, and sometimes slightly carbonated. Hmm. And spoiler, these kefir grains we're referring to are not grains at all. (laughs) They've been described as naturally occurring symbiotic colonies of bacteria, proteins, and polysaccharides. We're not even sure when or where they first appeared. One of the most popular origin stories is that kefir grains were a gift from the prophet Muhammad to the people, so much so that kefir grains or kefirin are sometimes called grains of the prophet. That's so interesting. I know. Others suggest that kefir grains are actually manna that fell into milk. If you're up to speed on your religious studies, both the Jewish Torah and the Christian Bible reference God providing manna to the Israelites during their 40 years of wandering in the desert. I remember that from Sunday school. Me too. (laughs) And while we don't know for sure, it's believed that kefir grains were used for centuries by the nomadic Assyrians and other shepherd tribes in the Caucasus Mountains. That area borders what is now Russia, Georgia, and Azerbaijan. It's thought that they added these grains to milk in goatskin bags and allowed it to ferment in the sun, producing what we now refer to as kefir. Specific strains were passed down in families through the generations and kept secret for thousands of years. Ancient family secrets. Exactly. In 1908, the first commercially produced kefir was sold in Russia. And by the 1930s, it was consumed all over Russia and is still quite popular there today. And it has become increasingly popular all over the world. It's reported that the global kefir market was valued at $1.23 
billion in 2019 and is projected to reach $1.84 billion by 2027. Holy cow, that's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. I had to kind of double check when I was when I was yeah, doing this research. Sure. But, you know, it's because there's a pretty big geographic difference in terms of kefir consumption in the world. It's reported that Americans consume only 9 to 10 fermented beverages like kefir a year, while Europeans are reported to consume 28 fermented beverages a month. Wow, that's like one a day. Yeah. That is a lot. Yeah. And that's where those numbers come from, why it's in the billions. Yeah, that explains it. Mm -hmm. It is starting to get more popular in the United States, largely due to the focus on probiotics for health. Probiotics are live organisms, including bacteria, that are helpful to the human body. When most people think of bacteria, they think of bacteria that are harmful or dangerous. You know, things, germ theory, things that cause disease in bad conditions. Well, that's why we have like antibacterial soaps and things. But there are numerous strains that are actually protective and help the whole body by digesting foods. They also destroy disease-causing cells, improve our immune system function, and even produce vitamins. That's the microbiome. Microbiome. we'll do an episode on that in the future. In particular, probiotics are becoming increasingly used to offset some symptoms associated with GI conditions, gastrointestinal issues such as inflammatory bowel disease, irritable bowel syndrome, diarrhea, and constipation. So given all of these benefits, probiotic supplements have really increased in popularity over the years. But you know us, your nutrition profs, we always recommend food first. Exactly. So some other probiotic foods include sauerkraut, kimchi, miso, and kombucha. We'll do a whole episode about fermented foods in the future, so stay tuned for that as well. And of course, we can't forget our friend yogurt. It's possibly the most well-known fermented food in the United States. Both kefir and yogurt are typically made from fermented milk. So why are they different? Kefir is a liquid beverage while yogurt is thicker and typically requires a spoon to eat. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kefir is typically fermented for at least 14 hours while yogurt is fermented for only two to four and is usually requires some sort of heat for that process. It's also important to note that kefir has three times more probiotics than yogurt. Wow. Yeah. It's also reported that yogurt has only one to five different active cultures and six billion colony forming units or CFUs, while kefir has 12 active cultures, more than twice as many, and upwards of 20 billion CFUs, almost three times as many. Wow. Oh, more than three times as many. <laughs> so Can't do math. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, the term kefir comes from the Turkish word kaif, which means good feeling, which is supposedly what a person experiences after consuming it. Hmm. Historically, it's been used to treat gastrointestinal issues, hypertension, allergies, and even heart disease. Recent research has linked kefir to numerous health benefits, including antimicrobial activity, tumor suppression, increased speed of wound healing, and improvements in both allergies and asthma. Some studies have found that it can improve cholesterol levels in those with obesity and improve fasting blood glucose levels in those with diabetes. In addition to these benefits, kefir is also quite nutrient-dense. 
Kefir is nutritionally similar to yogurt. According to the USDA, one cup of plain kefir provides about 100 calories. Depending on the brand, it also provides about 10 grams of protein and about 3 grams of fat. It's also an excellent source of several micronutrients, providing up to 30% of the daily needs for calcium, 20 to 30% for phosphorus, B12, and riboflavin. It also provides 12% of your daily vitamin D needs. But it should be noted that kefir grain to milk ratio, type of milk or other fluid that's used, and fermentation conditions can affect the specific nutrient composition. You can buy kefir in many grocery stores, but did you know you can also make your own at home? It's so interesting. I know. It can be made using kefir grains or powders, and you can buy these at health food or supplement stores. Kefir grains are reusable, Mm -hmm. which is really interesting. And if you care for them properly, like sourdough starter, they can last forever as long as the grains have access to a constant food source. Typically, you'd add the grains or powder to a cup of milk, cover it with cheesecloth or something similar, and let it sit at room temperature for 18 to 24 hours. The finished product will be thick, similar to buttermilk, and it should be strained to remove the grains prior to drinking, and so you can use them again. Absolutely. A powdered starter kit can also be used, but that's not going to last very long, and it also has fewer strains of bacteria. Kefir milk is the most common. As we said before, it's typically made with cow or goat milk, but it can also be made with non-dairy milks. Results vary, though, so you'll have to check it out for yourself. You can also use water. Water Mm. kefir, also known as tibicos, is similar to dairy kefir, but is thought to originate from Mexico and Central America. And they're specifically cultured as hard granules on the pads of the Opuntia cactus or prickly pear cactus. Wait, they culture them on the cactus? I believe so. I believe they collect them from the, the cactus. That's where they grow them. Yeah. Wow, that's so interesting. In addition to Tipicos, there are quite a few other names for these kefir grains, including Tipicos mushroom, although it's not actually a mushroom, Tibbies, Japanese water crystals, and even California bees. (laughs) California bees, wow. They look very much like kefir grains, but they're a little bit more translucent. We have pictures posted in our show notes at yournutritionprofs.com. Water kefir grains are typically added to sugar water, various fruit juices, or coconut water. So before we taste test, is there any reason why someone might want to avoid kefir? You know what? That's a really good question. I guess if someone's lactose intolerant or has a milk allergy, they would definitely want to avoid the dairy-based kefir. But having said that, the amount of lactose in kefir is often pretty low, like that in yogurt. Lactose is the sugar in milk that the bacteria feeds on, so the amounts decrease as the bacteria proliferate. Makes sense. Often people who are lactose intolerant can consume yogurt and probably kefir without any issues. And as we stated earlier, kefir grains are not grains at all. They are completely unrelated to wheat or oats and therefore should be fine for someone with celiac or gluten intolerance. That being said, make sure to check the label as gluten may have been added for texture or flavor. Oh yeah, definitely check the label. Mm -hmm. Some people report increased digestive issues when they consume new or increased amounts of fermented foods like kefir or yogurt or kombucha. They can have increased gas, bloating, and even diarrhea. But these should settle down 
However, if you find that this is a regular issue for you, you might want to decrease your consumption. If you are interested in trying kefir yourself, it's recommended to try an unflavored version as some of the flavored versions may be quite high in added sugar. Mm. Some suggest mixing it in a blender with frozen fruits to create a probiotic smoothie. Oh, that sounds good. You can also use it like milk over cereal, granola, or as part of overnight oats. Those sound good. Tell me, Susan, have you had kefir before? You know what? I don't think I have. I can't. If I have, I don't remember. And that's surprising. I know you really like yogurt. I do like yogurt. I'm a dairy girl. <laughs> <laughs> we actually have a bottle of dairy kefir that we purchased at our local grocery store, H-E-B, not sponsored, <laughs> and we paid about $3.35 for it. And we also have some... Tipico, is that what it's called? Tipico. Some Tipico, some kefir water. Tipico. Tipico. With a B. Oh, Tipico. with a B. Tipico. This is, that's the kefir water that we purchased at Target. Also not sponsored. <laughs> also for about three bucks, a little over $3. All right. So let's start with some taste testing of the plain kefir first. Cheers. It tastes a little like plain yogurt, but... You're making a face. I'm not, I'm not a fan of yogurt. I'm not a fan of yogurt. I don't mind it. It's a, it's it's acidic. Um, yeah, it's a little bit. It smells like cheese. It does smell like cheese. But what kind of cheese? I I don't know. Maybe a soft cream cheese. Oh, that could be. Yeah. Okay. And honestly, it it's fine. I think, but it does it does taste a little acidic. Yeah, and we used whole milk. We did. This was whole um, milk. plain kefir with cultured whole milk. Okay. Okay. Let's try All right, the so we, kefir water. We also got the kefir water. This um, flavor is orange sage. Orange sage. It's very clear. And bubbly. Bubbly. But not, ov- not overly carbonated, just a no. touch. No. Let's try it. Oh, it tastes like soda to me with a little bit of it, sage in the back of my throat. To me, it tastes like um, flavored carbonated water. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I definitely don't get any fermented sour. Yeah, it's not acidic. It's good. It would be refreshing, I think. It is refreshing. Yep. In this hot closet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. And finally, we've got a white Russian variation to try. Mm -hmm. So a traditional white Russian is made with vodka, uh, coffee liqueur like Kahlua, and heavy cream. However, we've come across a variation that replaces the heavy cream with kefir. Okay. So let's go. That's more palatable for me. I don't like it as much. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'd like a white Russian. See, I've never had a white Russian. Oh. See, so I don't know. You don't know how to compare. I mean, it's basically vodka. Well, all I'm comparing it to is it, it's not, it doesn't have that like assertive acidity that the plain kefir, like, so for me, who's not a huge fan of the fermented right, right. flavors, I like it. Well, that it's not bad for sure. And if kefir was your thing, then I would definitely. I'm, I'm going to drink it. Don't I'll, get me wrong. I'm going to drink it too. <laughs> I'm going to drink I think, it too. I think you're right about the acidity. I suppose the alcohol probably cuts that yeah. acidity down. And you know, when we first when we first made it, it looked a little bit curdled. Yeah, it does, doesn't mix that well. It doesn't. Does it do that with cream? Probably not. The cream probably mixes much. I think better. the cream mixes a lot better. What? Well, no. Yeah. But you know what? It's. 
It's not bad. Yep. I mean, I would drink it. I would drink all of these. But again, I'm not sure I would drink a cup of the dairy kefir by itself. Mm-hmm. I would probably drink a cup of the white kefir by itself. Yeah, I would too. The water. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the flavored kefirs might be a little, the, uh, the flavored dairies might be a little different because we drink plain. Yeah, we drink plain. So that uh, comes in all kinds of flavors. Yeah. And if you make it yourself at home, you could even You could get, add fruits, any yeah. fruits you wanted. Make a smoothie. I bet it would oh, be good I in a smoothie. I bet it would be good in a smoothie. Oh, that's a good idea. And then I actually saw a recipe for bread where you use it to make a bread, and I would love to try that. That makes sense, actually, because it is fermented like sourdough. Yeah. I, maybe we should try that and report back. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. And my husband likes to make bread, so I'll and get him on it. I love it. Perfect. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us today. This was such an interesting food to research. Uh, let us know what other unusual foods we should discuss on the pod by emailing us at yournutritionprofs at gmail.com. I know. There is so much more to kefir than I ever imagined, so I'm so glad we did this episode. Join us next time where we'll answer the question, what's the difference between type 1 and type 2 diabetes? Class dismissed. We hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find the show notes and a list of sources on our website, yournutritionprofs.com. Your homework is to follow us at Your Nutrition Profs on Instagram and to listen to our next episode. You can listen on Amazon Prime, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found. We'd appreciate it if you'd like us, write a review, subscribe, and invite your family and friends to join us too. If you have a nutrition or health question you'd like answered, let us know. We may do a show about it. Send an email to yournutritionprofs at gmail.com or click on the Contact Us page on our website. Thanks to Brian Pittman for creating our artwork. You can find him on Instagram at Pittman 77 See you next time. time.